Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. Matt Miguez here, joined by Brian Stone, as always. Brian, man, how are you? Uh, we have a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah, we, we do. Uh, for everybody listening, we're recording this on uh, the day after. Uh, Louisiana just absolutely stomped App State. Uh, so we have that game, obviously probably the biggest Sunbelt game to date to talk about, and then last week's stuff so, and previewing. So, like, yeah, we do have a ton to talk about. Yeah, and, you know, why, why don't we go ahead and start with what happened last night? You know, Louisiana, like you said, absolutely stomping App State 41-13 to 13 on uh, on ESPN2. Man, you know, as, as a Louisiana guy, I was I was at the game last night from the from the jump louisiana had this game yeah i think i texted you halfway through the game and said i think app greased their gloves with like liquid butter before the game because it seemed like every time a louisiana player laid a lick on a on a ball carrier the ball just shot up into the air and and, uh man chase price this is what when we were doing the previews and and i had said i wasn't sure what to expect from him because of what he did at duke this This is is what what, this is what i was afraid of every week when he would play well leading up to this game i would go oh i'm i'm surprised he's playing pretty well you know good good for him this was what i was waiting on and this is why i wouldn't put my full confidence in the app like winning the whole thing is because I think Grayson McCall is a better quarterback than him. Uh, I think Levi Lewis is a better quarterback than him for what Louisiana wants to do. And neither one of those guys turned the ball over at, at that same rate as like Bryce did last night. So, I, I mean, he, he was my one big drawback because if they still had, you know, Zach Thomas, Taylor Lamb, these quarterbacks of years past, like I, I think they might be in that game, but he was so bad. Yeah, you know, talk, talking about quarterbacks, Levi Lewis probably had the best game of his career last night. Um, you know, the second play from scrimmage, he drops back and throws a 55-yard bomb to Kyron Lacey. And it was in that moment where I incre- I grew an increasing amount of confidence that we were going to play well last night. And um, he ended up throwing one touchdown – 209 yards, 60% completion percentage. So, no, the stats aren't great. But Levi stayed confident. He stayed comfortable in the pocket. He stepped up and made plays when he needed to. Uh, He ran the ball well when he needed to. Got a rushing touchdown last night. Again, decision from a decision-making standpoint and an execution standpoint, 
last night was the best game of Levi Lewis's entire career. And I don't, I don't think the stats matter all that much when you just dominate a team from start to finish the way that Louisiana did. It, it was yeah. both sides of the ball. I mean, you guys ran for almost 250 yards uh, as a team. It was 5.6 yards per carry. I think I saw a stat that App was 0 of 11 on third downs. Like they never converted a third down. They never converted a third down. So I, I mean, it was complete domination on both sides of the ball from literally like the beginning of the, the first drive. When you guys walked down the field in the sport, I was like, Oh, app is in for a really long night because they can't like lean back and be like, well, we're playing at home. So, you know, this is, this one drive was cool, but we'll find a way to, it's like, mm-hmm. no, no. Uh, and, and then I think it was the ensuing kickoff. Uh, they didn't fumble it right away, but they, uh, one of you guys stuck, like an at ball carrier, the ball just shot up in the air, and I was like, "This has the makings of a disaster." For them. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely a fun night. I mean, man, when I tell you, I've been going Cajun games my entire life. When I tell you that was probably the most energetic crowd I have seen at Cajun Field in ten years. Yeah, I, I mean, I last night it. was it was it was an unreal. Two thousand students. Yeah, so. I want to ask you a question. Uh, take the take the Cajuns cap off for a second. I want to ask you a question about App and what the future of that team is. So this year, other than Chase Bryce, they had returned a bunch of like super senior type players, like Hinnigan, you know, guys like that. With all those guys, yeah, with all those guys leaving next year and seeing the way this team played, do you think they're going to be back in contention for the East next year? Or do you think this is next year has, because this seemed like the final attempt at this group winning another Sunbelt championship and they could turn around and I guess upset Postal next week, but right now it doesn't look likely. So do you think this is kind of, a turning point for this program. Do you think that there's a chance that between this, this loss and the beginning of next year, that they might be kind of down a peg uh, considering how many players they're yeah. probably going to lose? Yeah. Um, they're definitely going to be down a peg. Um, I think their rushing game will still be there. I mean, you, you got guys, you got young guys like Nate Noel. Um, Dietrich Harrington has been dealing with injuries. He could get red shirted. Um, I don't know what the extent of the injury is to Camp Peoples right now. Um, so, so that's something to look for to see if maybe he could be redshirted. So there, there's a lot of there's a lot of promise in the running game. Uh, I think Chase Bryce is coming back for another year. Am I, am I correct on that, or is he a grad? Uh, I am. Cl- he is a senior this year. He's a grad transfer. Okay. Yeah. So, so they're going to have a new quarterback. Uh, they're losing a lot of their O line. It might it, the new quarterback might be a, an addition addition by subtraction. <laughs> how you how you say that? Addition by subtraction, like they lose Chase Bryce, they get better at the quarterback's position. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, they're they're going to be losing most of their O line. I know that. Uh, their defense is very veteran laden. Their receiving core, I was like you mentioned, they're losing a ton of their receivers. Yeah. I mean, depending on what they can do on the, in the recruiting trail, uh, you, you can kind of pull a, a Louisiana 
Um, I mean, going into Billy Napier's second year, we had 65 guys on the roster that were freshmen or sophomores. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was a build up to where we are. Um, so, I mean, yeah. you could pull that. You you could pull that way of thinking, and just recruit your ass off in hopes that you can build for the future. But in terms of immediate success next year, I don't see much happening in Boone. I I know that Twitter isn't the end all be all of like opinions around a, an athletic program. But the reactions that I saw on Twitter from App State fans last night, it seems like they're not going to endure a Sean Clark rebuilding year. All right, not Sean Clark, sorry. Uh, I can't remember. They're blanking on their head coach right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to endure a rebuilding year in the same way that like a normal team would. They seem to think that they should win the conference every single year. And it might be a little bit of a shock to the system if they come out and win seven games next year. Yeah, Sean Sean Clark's seat is definitely getting hot before it needs to. Um, I think app fans fans are acting a little little rash in this regard. I mean, let's be totally honest. The guy's record in a year and a half is 14-5. and Yeah, but they're not big on patience. I mean, it sounds like that at least the fan base isn't big on patience or, or, you know, whatever. So I think they're a little spoiled from the end of the Satterfield era and the Drinkwitz one year where they won the conference. It's like, yeah, well, it's just like they won the conference two years ago and are acting like they're fed up. They're perennial losers. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, Okay, so you guys didn't win it one year in in a year that the conference didn't really have a true winner. Uh, we, mean, we had no champion last year. Exactly. So they're mad about not winning a conference that didn't have a winner. Um, and it seems like unless they come out and upset the coastal next year, they're not or next week they're not going to win the conference this year either. So yeah. um, I, I think I think a rebuilding year is not going to go over smoothly with the fan base if that's the case. No, probably not. Um, and, and it's just because of the, they're so used to success. I mean, you understand that being a Georgia Southern guy, uh, y'all's days in the FCS. I mean, y'all absolutely dominated. What seven national titles? Six. Six of them. Okay. And, and to, um, yeah, just I mean, to be fair, I mean, like going back to what I said, like when Lunsford was fired, like I don't think there's anything wrong with demanding success, but like. No. But, like, also keep in it's perspective also, that you just won a conference right. title two years. I mean, it, it might be three, but, like, you've Let's won be it. be realistic within, here. We've won, you've won it in recent history. Like, right. the reason Georgia Southern fans were so fed up is because we sat through two dud head coaches back-to-back. And it, right. it, it's been seven years now since they won a conference title. So, like, yeah, that's the reason why. And they've had multiple, like – single digit win seasons where they just crapped the bed. So like app fans may need to have a little patience because like, yeah, you know, Sean Clark might not be the greatest head coach that's ever been hired by a Sunbelt team, but like he's, he's not been a slouch. So like, I, I don't, they're in a weird spot because uh, again, the fan base expects a championship every single year and that's not realistic. Right. Um, 
So yeah, you know, talking talking about the the Cajuns App State game last night, Chase Bryce, 15 of 26, 133 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. No uh, Nate, Nate Noel, 17 carries, 44 yards, only averaged two and a half yards a touch. Uh, and their leading receiver was Malik Williams, six catches for 38 yards. For the Cajuns, Levi Lewis, 15 of 25, 209 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Freshman running back Montreal Johnson, 14 carries, 103 yards and a touchdown, averaged seven and a half yards a carry. And then Chris Smith, 13 carries, 82 yards, two touchdowns. Levi Lewis also had a rushing touchdown. And then Kyron Lacey was the leading receiver, two catches, 57 yards and a touchdown. I bring up Kyron Lacey because we usually don't talk about, you know, film stuff. But today I spent some time – going back and watching the TV broadcast because you see things on TV that you don't see in person. Yeah. And there, the touchdown to Kyron Lacey was the second touchdown of the game. We were, we were about the five yard line and Levi comes out of the shotgun and he's scrambling looking for a receiver and Kyron Lacey's running just a simple cross route into the end zone. And you notice when you watch it, as soon as he makes that cross route, he realizes that a, it's not there. And B, that's not the direction Levi's looking. Mm-hmm. So he makes an NFL-style move and does a complete 180 and cuts back into the open gap in the opposite corner. Mm-hmm. And Levi's Levi's able to – dude, that type of football IQ from a freshman, that's unreal. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, anytime, anytime, even in college, I see a receiver just sit down in the middle in the soft spot of a zone. I'm like impressed because there are like pro receivers that don't know to do that. So, so, so yeah. Um, Yeah. That's, that's about all I have on this game. I mean, it was for it to be the biggest Sunbelt game of the year thus far, it was kind of a domination. There's only so many things to talk about. I mean, like I said, like Chase Bryce, this is what I was afraid of. So right. let's dive into the games from this past week. Uh, last Thursday, Coastal and Arkansas State domination. Coastal 52, Arkansas State 20. Uh, Grayson McCall had another great game, 18 of 23, 365 yards, four touchdowns. And Shamari Jones, 10, ca- 10 carries, 113 yards and a score. And then listen to this stat line from Isaiah Likely. Eight catches. 232 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean that he, is he's like insane. the best he's the best tight end in the country, I think. I don't think there's with Kyle Pitts in the NFL, I mean, who's second? You know? Yeah. Like right. who, who's even who's even in the competition with him? So I mean, yeah, he's gonna be a real problem for everybody in the Sun Belt to figure out how to cover him. Um right. But yeah, I mean, you know, the coastal, that's kind of what I expected from them. They dominated. I mean, Arkansas State has the worst defense in the country. Um, you know, and, and they can't move the ball against Coastal. The, the next game. Yeah. Well, you know, I lost you there for a little bit, but uh you, Coastal just and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you just touched on maybe you just touched on this when when you lagged out. Coastal just seems like a dominant force in this conference. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know if there's anybody that's going to stop them. 
No, I mean, they play app next week, but you know, with the performance, if that game between Louisiana and app had been close and Louisiana still would have won, I'd say, you know, maybe we're in for a close contest between these two teams. I just think the way that they just got manhandled by Louisiana, like, I don't think they're going to have anything for Coastal. And then, I mean, looking at the rest of Coastal schedule after that, I mean, Troy, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Texas State South. I mean, I don't, on the I don't table. see anybody. Yeah, I don't see anybody beating them. No, because they so, don't. I mean, they'll be. They don't overlook lesser teams. They're not one of the. Right. You know, they're they're gonna crush everybody in front of them, and and they've shown that, like through this season, they're not gonna. I, I, I can't even find what would be the trap game on that schedule. Like I think they're just gonna I think they're just gonna crush everybody. Yeah, no, I'm, I I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Troy, we'll, we'll, you and I will talk about this one. Um, Troy defeats Georgia Southern 27-24 on a late field goal. Brian, you know, I I tried to keep up with this game a little bit and Georgia Southern was down 24 to three early in the third quarter, fought back, uh, got two touchdowns in the third, and then got two field goals in the fourth to tie it. Yep. What, what, hap- what happened late to, to give Troy the win? Uh, Justin Tomlin threw two interceptions on their final two drives. Uh, I, have a, I have a preview of Georgia Southern South Alabama coming out tomorrow morning. Justin Tomlin in his college career has never thrown a touchdown ever. He has zero, zero career passing touchdowns, seven career interceptions in two seasons. Um, why they keep playing him. I don't know if he signed, like if one of the coaches signed a blood oath or he, they're like bound by like a genie that they have to start him every game. Um I, they're not running the option, so it's weird that they keep the option quarterback in. They're running this weird mash of concepts where it's like mostly RPO with like a couple true option plays a game, but they won't put their better passing quarterback in the game, so it's almost like I just want to sit and tear my hair out for three hours. Um, they were, the first half, they were atrocious. It was one of the worst efforts I've ever seen out of any Georgia Southern team in the first half. Um, they couldn't do anything. And when when my preview comes out tomorrow for this game, I took a screenshot because there's a guy on, on YouTube who puts up all the Georgia Southern games, the, the ESPN Plus broadcasts. Uh, I have a screenshot. The first touchdown that Troy scored, this guy ran a post route in the end zone. There's five guys. None of them are around him. Like they're all standing outside of the end zone and he's standing in the end zone by himself, catching the ball. Like, you know, like it's in his bread. So I'm tired of this team. I don't, I don't find them likable on or off the field. Um, I'm I'm glad all these coaches are going to be gone after this year because they've, we have, I just looked it up today. We have the worst passing defense in the country. We allow 300 and, 40 yards per game, I think, through the air on average. Uh, And we play South Alabama next week. South Alabama allows less total yards on defense than we allow passing yards. So so I don't have any faith in this team to do anything moving forward. Honestly, 
like i'll keep doing this podcast i'll keep writing recaps and previews i'm my brain is just like i'm zoned out like i'm just tuned out for the rest of the year yeah i mean i i can understand i mean two and four already fired your head coach you've already had to kick off a, a defensive player for his actions off the field i mean i i totally and then you know like you said you're not running an option anymore but yet you leave the option quarterback on the field when there's this kid on the bench that has been hyped up about being this elite level passer in Cam Ransom. The and thing I don't understand is this whole coaching staff is going to be canned after this year. So what are they afraid of by putting him in the game? They're going to lose regardless. So like, it's not as if they're coaching for their jobs. They're all going to be out of work when the new head coach comes in. I mean, so like, and, and even if they weren't like, I want everybody from this coaching staff, like gone. I don't even right. care if, ha- I don't even care if most of the players return to be totally honest with you. I, I just don't think they're very good. And other than the running back room, like they have holes all over the field. So like, I don't understand why they don't play ransom. I wish someone would explain it because everybody seems to universally agree that ransom should play because the season's over. But every week we see Tomlin throw multiple interceptions. And then after the game, it's just like shrug. What, what can you do is essentially like the feeling I get. And I'm like, well, you could do a lot, but you choose to do nothing. So I don't know. There's still a possibility that you finish the season eight and four. If you play the right way. No, there's not. <laughs> well, no, but like well, you say, there's you no say, what way. else can you? There's no, no way. way. No, no way. There's no way they beat App and Coastal to end this season. There's just no way. True. That's they're true. not better than either. They're not better than like South Alabama, who they played this week. They're not better than a lot of these teams. It's a coin flip whether they're better than Georgia State or not. I mean, really, like, it, like it, it's it, – there's no way to know. Like, both of these teams have disappointed. They're clearly not better than Troy. They're better than Arkansas State because Arkansas State literally has the worst defense in the country. So, I mean, Bishop Sycamore could have scored on Arkansas State. <laughs> I love every time Bishop Sycamore gets brought up. <laughs> I love the draw love Bishop Sycamore reference. Right, right. Moving on, Texas State, South Alabama. This game really hurt me. This game really hurt me. Uh, Texas State beat South Alabama 33-31 in four overtimes. The reason why it hurt me. It's because no of offense. how closely you guys just played South Alabama. Right. No, no offense to Texas State whatsoever. South Alabama should have ran through them. Yeah, but Texas State kind of does this it's there it's always a game where you're like there's no reason texas state should win this and then all of a sudden it's just like why like last year i think it was troy it's like why are they beating troy right now that doesn't make any sense and it's just like because they don't make any sense like as a team that like or they don't have an efficient quarterback they don't they don't like they're not like good at keeping the ball like in their own possession. They turn the ball over like crazy and they still find a way to like win this game like once a year where it's like, why did they win? Right. Yeah, you know, 
You bring that up, and I, I keep going back to the Troy Coastal game last year. You know that that game where Coastal, I mean Troy was up a touchdown with a minute left, mm-hmm. and Coastal just found a way to win. Yeah, like, like you look at that, you look at that game, and you say Troy had no business even being in the lead. None. I mean, other than um, the fact that they had a good offense, they had no defense. Why? Why was it ever close? Right. Right. Yeah, and you, you know, like you said, I agree with you. Texas State always they they find one game a year where <laughs> and they, they just, just randomly they just get find a way. It. Yeah. Yeah, they just find like, a way. You're like, there's no way a quarterback for a a middling team can throw three interceptions and still win a game in tri- quadruple overtime. And it's like, well, they did. Yeah, <laughs> he, he did. His name his name's Brady McBride. He did it. Yeah. And lastly, I mean, not a surprise here, Georgia State 55, ULM 21. I don't even think we need to talk about this. Uh, Granger threw four touchdowns, ran one in as well. He had nearly 300 – he had 326 yards of total offense. Um, I mean, what, what else What else do you say about this? Uh, Quad Brown's career as a Panther is over. Yeah. Is it dead? Is it it's dead as a doornail, right? Like there's no yeah. way he, he, he's he's transferring this this all season. I think Granger has played the majority of both of their wins this season. Yes. Charlotte and, and this game. Did, so, did Quad play at all? Saturday? Yeah, he threw four yeah. passes, it says. Two of four. Two of four for sixteen yards. And then he had two carries for thirty three yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So I mean, you know, we'll see what Granger's really made of, I guess, at the end of the year, because I don't I could pull up their schedule, but I know they have a really tough end of year schedule. And, and quads touchdown came with eleven forty-eight left in the fourth quarter to make it fifty-five to fourteen. So it was garbage time. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So their season, Georgia State, I'm not saying Georgia Southern is a good football team because I know they're not, but this is how their season wraps up. So they play Georgia Southern the day before Halloween. They play Louisiana the next week. They play Coastal after that, then Arkansas State and Troy to end the year. They'll probably win against Arkansas State because the defense for the Red Wolves is so bad. They might beat Georgia Southern. I think that game's a coin flip because both of these teams are inconsistent as hell. They're not going to beat either Louisiana or Coastal. They're going to get smashed probably both of those games. I hope they don't beat us. Well, they lost like 45 to 10 to App. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be that worried about it. Right. Um, moving, yeah. um, moving on to week seven, obviously we spent a good bit of time talking about the Louisiana App State beatdown from last night. Uh, we are recording on Wednesday. Tomorrow night, Georgia Southern – South Alabama, 6.30 on ESPNU from Hancock-Whitney Stadium in Mobile. South Alabama currently a three-point favorite, which would really and truly make it an even line because you get three points for being the home team. 
Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, there's no reason why Georgia Southern – this should be like a six-point line, I would say. Like, they should get an extra three. So, just, Brian, who you got? Oh, I've got South Alabama. Easy. Uh, as long as Jake Bentley isn't isn't like a train wreck, like, there's no reason – they could throw the ball every down and still win this game. They don't need to run the ball. Because I'm going with the Eagles. Why? I think they play Cam Ransom tomorrow night and figure it out. Okay, well, when they inevitably play Justin Tomlin, who do you got? No, it's not Alabama. Okay, all right. Well, they're gonna play. They're <laughs> gonna play Justin Tomlin for the majority of this game. Cam Ransom will get two snaps, like he has the last couple weeks, um, and they'll lose. And then their entire coaching staff will come he out. And they'll lose. They'll. He. I mean. I think he's only won two games he's ever started. And he started, I think, like going on six or seven now. So he's like two and five as a starter, never thrown a touchdown in his college career. Um, yeah, I mean, they'll lose. Uh, and then the coaching staff will come out after the game and give you a big old shrug. And uh, we'll be on to Cincinnati, as Bill Belichick says. That's so funny. Oh, wait, y'all play Cincinnati this year? No, it's a it's a oh. Patriots reference when they when they no, got. No, I mean I, I got I got the reference, but no, like the, during during that year after every week, Bill Belichick would say, "Well, you know, we're off to wherever." So when yeah. you said off, to, I thought you meant that y'all were playing. I was like, "Oh my god, I feel so bad for you guys." No, they'll they'll play, they'll lose, they'll have sixteen days to get ready for Georgia State. They'll probably lose that game as well. Uh, I, I'm looking at the schedule. I don't see another win on the schedule so i think so after, at a, after tomorrow y'all don't play again until the 30th correct wow yeah that might be a good thing i don't think it matters <laughs> like i think you could give this team a year to study the next opponent and they still wouldn't figure it out don't be so negative brian don't be so negative if you had to watch the football that i've had to watch through the first six weeks Point. Point. I mean, I mean, I'm in the I'm in the garage running the car, like trying to get the monoxide going. Like I'm just like tired of it. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Two games on Saturday: Troy, Texas State at two o'clock on ESPN Plus from San Marcos. Troy, a seven and a half point favorite. Brian, who you got? Both these teams are really weird. Um, when, when I, when a team like Texas state, this has been the theme of like the Sunbelt, like the lower half of the Sunbelt where we, we all live, not, not in the upper echelon, but, um, the, the, uh, the, this weird part of the Sunbelt where anybody can beat anybody on any given week. When I think a game is going to be close, it typically is a blowout for the team that's favored. So I think it's going to be Troy. I think they're going to win fairly handily. Um, their defense is really solid, and I don't say that just because they beat Georgia Southern last week. Like the one, the one loss that I can't explain is the one to ULM. But um, other than that, who could I mean, every, that? Hmm? Who could explain that? They lost, dude. I, when I was I was doing this podcast last week with Joe uh, Londrigan, who filled in for you. 
I went back and really looked through that game. The final score, if Troy doesn't score in the last 30 seconds, would have been 29 to 10. Yeah. Troy would have lost by almost three scores, like lost by three scores. So like, yeah, and that can't that can't be explained. No, they they yeah. none of their stats were bad. They just and none of ULM stats were like overly impressive. Like they just lost by nine. They should have lost by 19. It just doesn't make any sense. So give me give me Troy. I think. Texas State had their moment last week, and um, they'll be coming back down to earth um, off ri- off riding that high of beating uh, South Alabama. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take Troy in a close one. Um, I think I think Texas State plays well. I think they put points on the board, but at the end, I think Troy's offense is just a little too good um, for Texas State to get that win. And then lastly, six o'clock from Monroe, Louisiana. First of all, I don't understand how Liberty agreed to go to that dump for, for, for starters. I think, it was, I think this was scheduled a long time ago is the only um, thing I can think of. Liberty and Freeze. I think this was a pre-Hugh Freeze schedule. I mean, that would, that would be the only explanation because – Monroe, dude, that's oh my god. Anyway, why did why did Boise State and BYU agree with home and homes with Georgia Southern? I don't know. Why did Boise State come here in 2016? Yeah, exactly. Like it, it no, doesn't make any sense. Um, but this is another one of those that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I think Liberty Liberty runs all over them, man. Oh my and, god, of course. I, I oh, think dude, Liberty's Liberty's gonna run all over us in November. Why did you guys schedule? <laughs> I feel like Liberty, you guys shot yourselves in the foot by scheduling them. <laughs> we scheduled a home and home with them three years ago. Mm-hmm. They came. They came to Lafayette in 2019, and then we're returning this year. Um, yeah, dude, they're gonna they're gonna run all over us. They're that good. I don't know because their schedule is so weird that like the one win that they have that actually impresses me is when they blew out UAB on the road. But the rest of these teams I'm looking at like they beat Campbell, they beat Troy by eight, and Troy's not great. I mean, Troy's got an okay defense, but they're not great. Old Dominion, they lost to Syracuse, and then they beat Middle Tennessee. I mean, the one like I said, the one win that I'm impressed with is UAB. So like I'm ready. For, I'm ready for their game with Ole Miss. Oh, I think Ole Miss is gonna score at will on them. There, there's just really? a difference. They lost to Syracuse. Yeah. I don't. I don't think they're yeah. ready for like a, an SEC team. Like they're good for what they are, which is a nice like G5 independent that like right. could upset somebody, and and they will be one of the top G5 teams. But they are not. They're not built to take on like the team that's ranked number 13 right now in the country. Like they're just not. So 32 and a half, you're taking Liberty? Yeah, I think they covered the 32 and a half. Just Liberty. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree. Uh, I think that they will demolish Monroe. What is ULM going to do on either side of the ball that's going to slow them down? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Monroe's averaging 15 points a game. Liberty scores 35. Liberty gives up 14. Monroe gives up almost 37. 
Yeah. yeah that's going to be ugly. I mean, it, yeah, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be one of those, you know, uh, you remember when, when we were previewing, uh, I think it was UMass Coastal, and you were like, yeah. the line's 38, you're taking the 38. I was like, oh, heck yeah. And then, and then I mean, there they was like, 50. yeah, it was like 59 to six. And I was like, yeah, so, because they're just going to grind them into dust. And that's basically what's going to happen. No, no question about it. Um, let's see if we look around the country quickly, some big games this weekend include Oklahoma state, Texas, uh, Florida, LSU, uh, Kentucky and Georgia on the afternoon SEC spot. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like all of these games are going to be fairly one-sided. I don't, I think Alabama, LSU's Mississippi up state. No. Ole Miss, Tennessee. That could be interesting, but I don't know. Ole, Ole Miss only two and a half point favorite. Tennessee's looked good at, like lately since they lost to Pitt. They've looked good. TCU, since Oklahoma. Then. No, TCU's bad. So, I mean, some decent college football. But, uh, Brian, man, before we go, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at Watch the Stone. And you can find me at Miguez Matt. We will be back next week to break down week seven and bring you what looks to be a fun week eight in college, in the Sunbelt football, Coastal App, Louisiana, Arkansas State, Texas State, Georgia State, South Al ULM. Plenty to talk about with those games coming up in week eight. We will bring you all of that and more next week. And until then, this has been another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. Podcast.